Have you seen any numbers for Fast and Furious? Is it uh, putting up those big stats? I think opening weekend, I don't know if, uh, granted, I don't know if it was domestic or worldwide, but it was somewhere around 100 million. That's pretty good. It was like 90-something, which, you know, was already labeled as like the best opening since the pandemic or anything like that, <laughs> so. They'll catch up eventually for worldwide numbers, but. Yeah, fuck you, China. We're the box office that matters again. <laughs> for for, uh, for now, yeah. yeah. You say that, except Fast Five released last month in China. Like, they got a month ahead of us. You said five, so I don't know or, if that's uh, uh, nine, or not. Nine, sorry. Was that the official title of this, by the way? I didn't even pay attention. Was it just Fast Nine? I don't know. It just says, they went like, Fast, fast nine. Five, and then Furious Six, and then... I thought it was literally fat, like F nine, the fast was it, saga. That's what I thought. Was it just F9 that's what it's billed as everywhere. Yeah. Okay. Because I know, like the last one was like the fate of the furious or whatever. Like it, which was, but they didn't use eight yeah. to spell fate, which they didn't do, which was a huge mistake. Yeah. Uh, I seen them actually do it. I never. did. But it wasn't like that. Wasn't officially how. It was oh, officially, I don't. Point. No, I don't think so. But. I, I seen it on posters. Like they use that, that in advert. They use that in some advertising, but they didn't stick with it because they're cowards. Well, th- th- I mean that's the <laughs> Which same. I've always thing, said like, about Vin Diesel. They, they didn't go back in time and rename for the Fast and Furious. Like they could, it was, it was right there. No, that's dumb. That's dumb. <laughs> and the fate of the Furious isn't. That rolls off your tongue better. Fast and the Furious yeah. sounds weird. That's just that's awkward. <laughs> one's a, one's real words. <laughs> I want to see. I, I want to see I the parody. Just... The the fast and furriest. See that rolls better I, than. No, furious. I feel like that's a porno, not a parody. Yeah, it, it's, no, a, it's a kink for people into like the mascot stuff. No, that's the name of Sonic too. Oh. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Brad Guy and Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is someone who should know better than to never lock his lift, Andy No Note Stoles. What's up, podcast people? Next up is someone who has also read weird books that have messed with his mind, but enough about Harry Potter. It's Josh Zorich. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next. Someone who would agree with Barton Blaze that helicopters are, in fact, cool. Mike Bradley. Yeah, helicopters are pretty fucking awesome. And if you say otherwise, I don't know. You suck. You're a bonehead. Uh-huh. <laughs> and finally, he doesn't have a nice jacket, but he knows how to jacket Ian Lighting. <laughs> <laughs> like Daddy-O said, I'm Ian and I was born to fuck. <laughs> Is that what Daddy-O said? I feel like we just walked into that one. <laughs> I mean, you teed that up. Well done. <laughs> All right, so on tap for this episode, we have another. I don't know how to how to pivot from that. Uh, we, pivot. Pivot. We have another rewind theater. Uh, it's actually been probably about a month, I think, since we last did one of these, which was Valerian, and at the City of a Thousand Planets was the last one we did. 
Um, and I was trying to, I didn't actually go back and look, but I feel like it's been a while since we've had the full crew here for one of these. I believe you are correct. It's been a minute. As Who the was kids missing say. for Valerian? Uh, was that me? I don't remember. It might have been you, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think that was me. It was me. No, was it was Brian. Trying to trap us in a trick question, or you didn't remember <laughs> that you weren't here? Both. I, I don't remember why I, you what, weren't here, but. Yeah, there was something that Mike's happened. actually missed three of the last four. Yeah, it's been a while. Like, I, I've been on a roll of fucking up missing these. <laughs> it's really, I feel like it's because of the kitchen. <laughs> we he made you watch the this kitchen. the first episode he's been on since the kitchen. <laughs> well, then it's, this is his tri- his blazing return. Ah, uh, I see what you did. But I, I missed Turtles 2, Turtles 3, and Valerian. Yes. Yeah. All right, well, we're back on track. I'm here. I'm, That's right. I'm not missing a Nick Cage movie, I promise that. <laughs> Uh, all right, so if you're new to this series of episodes for the Rewind Theaters, what we try to do is it's basically an excuse for us to go back, try to revisit some older comic book movies that we either haven't seen or haven't seen for a very long time. Our format for these has been to start with some of the comic book history for the movie we're on, since they're all based on comic books or graphic novels of some kind. Uh, Josh takes the point on that one. After that, we'll talk about some people that were involved in transitioning that property into a movie. We'll go over the budgets, box office gross, ratings, if it's the first time watch or rewatch for all of us. Uh, before we get into the discussion, we'll throw out the spoiler alert. We'll get into our 60-second summary, which one of us has volunteered to do ahead of time. Uh, when we get to the main discussion, it will consist of five categories. We have directing, characters and actors, story, soundtrack, and special effects and explosions. Giving ourselves 10 minutes on the timer for each of those categories. We'll try to keep us on track with that. Once we go through all of that, we'll end our discussion with our rating and see if everyone thinks that movie holds up. And after all of the movie we are on... To take some pressure off of us and figure out what we're watching next, we leave it up to the Wheel of Fate. The Wheel of Fate! So if you have listened to the past episodes, you'll know that we're trying to stick with uh, three franchises and three standalone movies on the wheel at a time. Uh, We kind of just reserve the right to change that format anytime we feel fit. So this is what we've been rolling with for right now. It's what we're going with. Uh, At the end of our last episode, like I talked about, we did, uh, at least the last Rewind Theater we did, was Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. The Wheel selected 2007's Ghost Rider. That is where we at are at today. And at this point, I'm going to hit Josh up so he can give us the comic book background for Ghost Rider. All right. School's to... in, suckers. <laughs> Everyone, take your seats. <laughs> All right. This, uh, this, this one was interesting. Um, so to, to talk about Ghost Rider, we actually have to first talk about Ghost Rider. That person is no longer Ghost Rider. So what does that all mean? Um, a, a character first called the Ghost Rider is created by writer Ray Crank and artist Dick Ayers um, in 1949. It's published by Magazine Enterprises. Uh, the the alter ego of uh, the Ghost Rider uh, is, a, is a person named Rex Fury. Um, and they were publishing these as horror-themed Western stories. And those were uh, in print for about five years before the Comics Code comes around and gets installed. And then a lot of that kind of material is discontinued and, and canceled. Um, once this happens, uh, within, a, within a couple of years, the trademark for the Ghost Rider character expires. Um, and, and Marvel snatches it up. So they basically take the look 
and the name and and the general gist of the character and buy out the trademark and, and then like re-trademark it as their own. Uh, so he always thought that they created that, so that's interesting to me. Yeah. Um, so they, they basically take the whole, you know, the, the, the idea whole cloth and uh, began publishing their own character called Ghost Rider in February of 1967 uh, with writers Roy Thomas and Gary Friedrich. Um, but the original artist, Dick Ayers, from Magazine Enterprises was at Marvel at that point. So the, the modern Ghost Rider that we know gets introduced in 1972. Um, and at that point, the legacy character originally called Ghost Rider, is renamed. Now, I'm going to go through a little bit of, of, of what I'll call maybe problems with how Marvel handled uh, the reinvention, if you will, uh, uh, retro- retroactively of, of this character. So before it became known as the Phantom Rider, uh, the character was first named Knight Rider, N-I-G-H-T. Uh, that they used for a series of reprints of the things that they had done from the you know the years past. The problem with this is that Knight Rider uh, is a term generally used by and associated with the KKK uh, uh, to describe certain of their members and 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 roles that they took on and activities that they were involved in in the early 20th century. So that name didn't last very long. So. It was first called Ghost Rider. Then when they wanted to make something else called the Ghost Rider, they renamed the first Ghost Rider Knight Rider. But that was the clan. So <laughs> then soon after that, it becomes the Phantom Rider. So this original character who, who, who originated at Magazine Enterprises, bought by Marvel, the trademark snatch up by Marvel, now becomes known... Uh, uh, once in and going forward as Phantom Rider. That's what this character is. Uh, seven people have in uh, uh, taken up the mantle of the Phantom Rider, still that initial Western character. The first, you know, this is why we're going to go through this, the first, uh, uh, based on the Marvel creations, is Carter Slade. Carter is probably the cleanest that I that I could find of of. The characters that they put together and i'll by the end of this i'm going to pose a question to you all i'm going to ask it now and then we're going to revisit it why would marvel keep writing this character and having people do these things so let's go through so people who have been the phantom writer carter slade okay uh after carter's character dies his sidekick uh takes up the mantle for a, a brief period, but as the writer soon dies, so number one, he doesn't last very long. The third person is Carter's brother, Lincoln Slade. Uh, but the power of the Ghost Rider drives Lincoln insane, and he ends up raping one of the West Coast Avengers named Mockingbird, who afterwards knocks him off a cliff and allows him to fall to his death. The next iteration. What year was that? Do you know what year that was? Um, I don't have that marked, but I can find okay. it as we talk. It's got to be the seventies, right? So I, I th- so all from from what I can tell, some some of these like Carter Slade and 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 maybe the 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 sidekick were the ones that were actually written at first while they were still calling it Ghost Rider. 
most of the other ones seem to be after the Phantom Rider transition. But I, I will try to look up things as, as our discussion continues. Okay. Um, so that's obviously big problem number one. Number two, the next person is Reno Jones, who appears to be the only black character who ever gets to be the Ghost Rider. That character fought the KKK Knight Riders, probably in some kind of effort to fix what they had accidentally done a few years earlier, but ends up getting betrayed by his best friend, who turns out to be the leader of those clan members. Tough look for the best friend. Uh, and our only ethnic superhero here. Lincoln, that son of a bitch, comes back uh, to inhabit his descendant Hamilton and then haunts Mockingbird, the one he raped, for letting him die after raping her. Later on, Nick Fury of S.H.I.E.L.D. fame brings Carter Slade's grandson JT onto his team during the Secret Invasion arc, only to find out that JT is a Hydra double agent. And lastly, Jamie Slade gets possessed by her descendant later on, again, that asshole Lincoln, and she becomes mad at Mockingbird as well, the one he raped, for allowing her descendant to die. So I ask you again, gentlemen, why would you keep making this character so bad? And why would you keep okay, trying the got... Phantom Rider this oh, way? Too easy. Too easy. So, because they called him the Phantom Rider, they obviously supported the KKK, and they were upset Lincoln freed the slaves, so they had the character named Lincoln keep coming back and doing dick shit. I didn't find dick shit as a quote anywhere, but, I, I mean, that's as good of an argument as any. I mean, I think Marvel had, uh, obviously, problematic storylines back in the day, because didn't they do something similar with, like, Jana Van Dyne? Didn't she get messed up by somebody? Yeah, Hank. Hank. That's yes. Okay, that's what I'm thinking of. D yes. Domestic abuse. But, 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 yes. but like, I feel like that was portrayed differently because like everybody kind of turned on Hank during that. Okay. Reality, like, see, it, I don't like, remember all the fallout and stuff. I just, just sort of remember the the gist of sort of what happened. The, the yeah, other Avengers they, and whatnot were not okay with it. Okay. Yeah, which which from what I remember seeing, kind of happened later. Like once somebody pointed out, oh, we handled that badly. Let's write some <laughs> things now. A little, a little while after that initial storyline to make sure people know, oh, yes, this this was bad. We meant for it to be bad. But that is the history of the Phantom Rider. That That is the basis and the foundation of where the idea of, of Ghost Rider came from. Um, and funny enough, I did throw this in. Uh, a company called AC Comics reprinted Magazine Enterprise's catalog in the 80s, I believe. So at that point, AC Comics and, and, and Magazine Enterprises had to rename their own character because they no longer owned it. <laughs> or they didn't, you know, they didn't own the trademark of the name and the idea of it, so to speak. So the, the originally conceived and named Ghost Rider is now known as Haunted Horseman for Magazine <laughs> Enterprises and AC Comics. Is that still going on right now? Uh, I don't believe anything has continued to be published, but anything that they've retroactively uh, reprinted or, or anything yeah. has been changed. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, Marvel, because of Sony's ownership of Spider-Man, just signing Tom Holland on for, like, a 10-movie contract as a Rachno boy? <laughs> saying we created a new character. I'd watch it. 
<laughs> I mean, they would change very little about the character and just be like, eh, yeah, that's eh, it's different. It's not the same. They're gonna, yeah. The, you, you'll see a, a a thank you to magazine Enterprises in the credits of the film. Thanks for the oh, thanks for the that. inspiration. <laughs> uh, so, what do we know about the actual modern Ghost Rider, the one that we're all familiar with that that we thought was probably you know the original? Um, the Ghost Rider, as we know, uh, as I mentioned earlier, debuted in 1972 in Marvel Spotlight number five from writer Gary Friedrich at Roy Thomas, um, who both were initially working on the quote, you know, old Ghost Rider, now Phantom Rider series, um, but new artist Mike Plug. Um, Johnny Blaze was the original uh ghost rider of of that incarnation and from what i can tell the origin story follows that pretty closely as to presented in the film at least from the point of view of the um you know d- uh deal with the devil to help his ailing father um johnny blaze is the you know man behind the skull uh until 1983 uh the actual ghost rider series went solo in 1973 um, so he's there for about a decade. Uh, in 1990, a new series begins with a character named Danny Ketch, who is the writer now and is eventually written along the way to be Johnny's long lost younger brother. Because of course he is. His series runs related. Yeah, his series runs through 1998. Now, here's something I thought was, that was really cool. It's not until this second incarnation in the 90s. Um, you know, 20, anywhere from 20 to 25 years after the the Ghost Rider that we know is is first conceived, that he gets his iconic spiked leather jacket and the enchanted Hellfire chain. Those were not part of Johnny Blaze originally. It's Danny Ketch uh, who, who is given that look and, and those weapons and whatnot during that run. Huh, okay. Um, seems that, uh, from what I can tell, the uh, new production on Ghost Rider took, uh, took a nap for a while, um, and comes back for a short period in 2011. Um, I, I, again, this is like a move that I don't know why you would do this, but, uh, for a short, like a mini series, there was a Nicaraguan female character named Alejandra Jones, who takes on the, the uh, spirit of, and the abilities of the rider before Johnny Blaze shows up and takes them back for himself. And I just wrote, what an asshole. Like, I don't know why you would do that. Because it didn't seem like they went anywhere with it. Probably just to say, yeah, look what we did. I, it could it could be. It you was know, something that's... they probably put out as a test, and it didn't market well for whatever reason. Like, what they were trying didn't go over well, and, you know, they decided to backpedal on it and go back to Johnny Blaze for whatever reason. And right. It seems to be the stale word all through the, these these other incarnations. He's the one that they keep sticking in to to be the glue and the continuity. Um, so lastly, the most you know the modern Ghost Rider is Robbie Reyes. Uh, if you've watched Agents of Shield, um, he that that is your Ghost Rider that you get in season four of, of Agents of Shield. Loved um, it. I I did too, honestly, and I was really late to the Agents of Shield game. That was a pandemic watch for me. Um, and that whole arc with him and, and that, uh, that actor's portrayal of it all, um, was pretty badass the whole time. I, I really liked yeah. that inclusion. Uh, one big difference between Robbie's, uh, version, um, and, and the traditional ones is that he instead drives a black muscle car 
instead of a motorcycle. Uh, Wikipedia tells me that it is probably similar to a 1969 Dodge Charger <laughs> because it's cars. He needs a Corona. So, whatever. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> um, interestingly, this is where we're going we're gonna to end with. Um, other riders have included Frank Castle, the Punisher, um, who in like an alternate reality timeline story um, eventually becomes the cosmic ghost rider and a herald for Galactus as he seeks uh, his revenge on Thanos uh, in, in that timeline and reality. And then lastly, uh, another female character named Kushala, who uh, in her run is known as the Demon Rider, but for a time actually became the Sorcerer Supreme. Oh, okay. So that is your introduction and background into the Ghost Rider, the Phantom Rider, the sad well sad stories of the of the KKK and unconsented <laughs> rape. Can I throw in one fun little factoid? I think we need not a lot of people would know. I think we need to do that. We can't end it with with unconsenting rape. Yeah, no, definitely don't do that. Is there consenting rape? <laughs> it's just it's the worst anyways. Um, <laughs> it, little known at one time, Ghost Rider was a member of the Fantastic Four. He was one of the four, alongside Wolverine, Hulk, and Spider Man, when uh, the team was kind of restructured for a very short stint. But I always remember the, the those few episode or issues of Fantastic Four and it being like what the fuck is this? Why didn't they just team these guys up and call them something else? This yeah, it seems Fantastic like an odd thing Four. to just give them like the name only. They didn't even get the uniforms. Like it like it was they were just there the way they're normally drawn. They really just wanted to move the issues that are titled Fantastic Four any way possible. Yeah. So, I mean, how, I mean, you put Wolverine and Spider-Man and the Hulk. Ghost Rider's never really been, like, a huge seller. But Wolverine, Spider-Man, and the Hulk and on one team, that's got to move comics, right? Right, yeah. I can so, see the logic there. And, and, but I don't know how Ghost Rider ends up as part of that team and, and just thrown in there. Like, I don't know, who can be the Human Torch? Well, Ghost Rider's covered in flames. Yeah, he's got fire. There you go. Throw him in. <laughs> like, all right, His name's do it. Johnny. Yeah, he's named Johnny too. That's right. <laughs> um, all right. So who who transitioned the comic book stuff into this movie? Um, the I almost want to say like sole person responsible because he's listed as the writer and director, the sole writer. So there's no one else that wrote this movie. Uh, is Mark Steven Johnson? Does that name sound familiar to anyone else for any other comic book? interpretations around that time because i'm going to give you the answer if you don't know can i guess spawn not spawn go ahead mike based on like techniques and shit like that um it like the, the only one that came to my mind was the uh second fantastic four no josh andy you got a guess what other movie this guy has done in this sort of era? It, it was a comic book movie? Yes. Have we seen it already on Rewind Theater? No. Is it on our list to watch on Rewind Theater? Yes. So, Ghost Rider was 2007. The other movie I'm thinking of he did in 2003. 2003. It has a very famous um character. Blade? And a very good leading Blade. man. <laughs> no. Uh, Daredevil. 
He did. Ben uh, Affleck's Daredevil. That actually adds up. Yeah. He also did the bad Jack Frost movie. Is that the one the with Keaton? not Michael Keaton? Or the or the Michael Keaton? Like, uh, yeah, I don't know where you're going on that. Is it the Keaton one or is it not the Keaton one? <laughs> yeah, like it's the Keaton one. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, are, is, is there a good Jack Frost movie from the one the one where it's a horror movie? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, yeah, that okay. I f- I figured that's where he was leaning. I just want to make sure. Suddenly, I got really self conscious <laughs> that I picked the wrong one. Um, so yeah, Mark Steven Johnson. Uh, I th- believe he is also the writer and uh, the sole writer and director for Daredevil as well. Did he do Electra? Right. Or... He did not do Electra. Okay. That's Electra a shame. was somebody else. Um, he did get credited for the characters in Electra. Yeah. Though. The you know, the on-screen interpretation of Electra. Now they get to use it for Electra and he gets some sort of credit for it. Uh Fair That's a check. Yeah. Um <laughs> So this movie, Ghost Rider, stars Nicolas Cage, Eva Mendez, Sam Elliott, Donald Logue, Peter Fonda, Wes Bentley, and for me, one of the most surprising appearances to me was uh, Rebel Wilson as Girl in Alley. Yes, Rebel Wilson <laughs> was a good like. Is that like her first thing, right? It's got to be. I mean, she. It was definitely before she broke out because watching it now, I'm like, why do I know her? And she's and great in this. She has a yeah. fucking standout moment. And it was very difficult for me to tell it was her because I'm not used to the punk rock look for her, and I'm used to right. seeing her blonde. So it really took me a minute to, to, and I had to look it up to make sure. But I was like, I think that is. But yeah, that was just that was a cool, cool little thing. That that whole look and the way that she was there kind of reminded me of like how out of place Ethan Supley looked in the Butterfly Effect mm. for himself. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it because he did like that whole goth look there, and I never. Mm expect that kind of from him so it's the same kind of thing um so any guesses on the film's budget for 2007's ghost rider i came across it so i'm I'm abstaining all right nothing from josh 124 124 from andy 90 90 ian 35 (laughs) (laughs) billion No, they did have Nick Cage in this. You got to remember. Yeah, so that's what a million tops <laughs> at that time. Actually, probably a lot. Um, so I think one twenty four was probably closest, but we're at one ten for the film's budget. One hundred ten million. Yeah, we, were, Where? we were both kind of close. Yeah. Where? Where did this money? <laughs> Nicholas Cage is coming off National Treasure at this time. Yeah. Where did this money go? He's big. National Treasure was big money, and the the sequel was out later that that year. I mean, I don't know how you feel about the special effects, but there were a lot of special effects in this movie. Yeah, there was a lot in Spawn too, but they weren't that expensive. (laughs) We're gonna talk about that. I'm not gonna. No spoilers on my opinions yet. Yeah. Uh, All right. Any guesses for the box office pool for this movie worldwide? How do you think this movie did? Three seventy-five. Two fifty. Um, this was PG thirteen. I was going to say that, so I'll just go to ninety. Josh, three hundred even. Uh, Andy is the closest with two fifty. It was two twenty nine. Woo! Wow! So Woo. even lower than most of you. Wow! Uh, it made one hundred sixteen million domestic, one hundred thirteen million international. So it sort of split right down the middle. But on a one hundred ten million dollar budget, two twenty nine is not that great. No, because all the marketing and stuff adds up after that. Mm. Yeah. But it was enough yep. to get a sequel. Yes. For, what, four years later? I think 2011? 
was the te- te- technically released in like early 2012. I know. So Idris about five years see. later. But yes, Nick Cage is in Spirit of Vengeance. Yes, yes he came back. Uh, all right, so we'll go over the ratings. We'll revisit when we get to the end. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes has a critic rating of 26%. Audience at 48%. Metacritic is sitting at the meta score of 35. User score 3.9. Whew. So not the greatest. So we'll we'll revisit them when we get to our ratings. Uh, going around the horn, is this a rewatch or a first time viewing for all of you? Uh, Andy, we'll start with you. This is definitely a rewatch. Okay, uh, Mike. Oh yeah, rewatch. Ian. Rewatch. Josh. Rewatch. Okay, I think is this one of the first films we've all seen before? This is the second or third time. Okay, it's like we do them so sporadically. I can't keep track anymore. Because like the turtles, this we all saw. Oh, fair. I couldn't remember if you saw it. I thought there was some that you haven't seen. Well, the original one for sure, and then from there it gets fuzzy. Okay, gotcha. And then I think, of course, we all saw Swamp Thing. <laughs> <laughs> Watchmen was a rewatch for all of us. Well, not yeah. for me. Well, you don't count as a person. <laughs> Wait, Watchmen. that was the first time you had watched Watchmen? <laughs> yes. I didn't even realize that. I, like, I don't remember you even saying that, but I believe it. It's I just, thought I did, uh, but I remember you saying it. I mean, I it. still don't believe them. Um, all right, so it's that time of the show where we're going to go into our discussion portion. Uh, since we'll be discussing everything in the movie, I'm going to throw out the spoiler alert. So if, not, if you have not seen 2007's Ghost Rider and don't want it spoiled, pause this now, come back after you've watched the film. Uh, if you want to listen anyway, right after the spoiler alert is our 60-second summary, which will hopefully give you enough of a general plot of the movie that you can listen to our discussion. But either way, spoilers to follow. Spoiler! Spoiler! You know, something like that. All right, so now that we have the spoiler alert out of the way, we're going to roll into our 60-second summary. Again, the goal of this is to give you an idea of the plot of the movie if you care to listen along without having watched the movie. Uh, But we've added the challenge of having to give you that summary in under 60 seconds. Uh, So luckily, if we do this too quick and go through it, you can always pause this, rewind. Let's do it again. Uh, so Josh is going to pull double duty on this one. He has volunteered to take the 60-second summary for Ghost Rider. So do you want me to give you a countdown, or you just want to, when you start going, I'll just hit play for our little timer. Give, give me the countdown. Let's try that this time. All right. Do you want me to, like, one and go, or on one? Uh, three, three, two, one, go. Okay. In three, two, one, go. Johnny Blaze was raised by and is carny trash. His dad has lung cancer and keeps smoking. Trash. Johnny makes a deal with the devil and his for his dad's health and is shocked to find there is fine print. The devil heals his dad and kills him anyway. To honor his dad's memory of not being just trash, Johnny becomes a stunt jumper who loves monkey videos and drinking candy from martini glasses. He has a crush on a girl who grows up to be Eva Mendez, so you know, good for her. We're shown that unrequested forceful kissing still worked in 2007. So what's the story? Blackheart, the devil's son, goes all emo and wants to rule Earth as a second hell. Satan doesn't like this, so he turns Johnny into the Ghost Rider to stop his son. Blackheart has elemental demons for a posse, kind of cool. Johnny meets Wade Garrett, who catches him up on all the exposition we learned in the prologue. Blackheart wants to the contract which his father made with a thousand people over a century ago. The middle of the movie is filled with pointless action sequences and events so that we know the writer is an anti-hero. General Ross is revealed to be Slade Carter, who shows Johnny where he hid the contract from Satan. Blackheart uses love and booty as bait, gets the contract and absorbs all the souls. Now the writer can use his Care Bear stare against Blackheart, and he's out. The devil wants to release Johnny, but Johnny's all, I'm coming for your ass next. He can't keep the girl, but they kiss under a tree anyway. Credits. A little bit over, but well done. You were you were worried. You said about sixty five seconds. I think you probably got about sixty five seconds on that. Yeah, that looked about that. 
I'm a little upset you didn't cut him off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought that was the idea, is that you're supposed to be like, nope, we'll never know the end. I know, he was on a roll, I didn't want to be that guy. <laughs> Guess who's doing ten minutes next time? <laughs> <laughs> see, when you how preface we, it with that, it's definitely, it I'll definitely be on the lookout for it next time. Before Brian will actually stop us. Well, that that's what I asked before we recorded. I, I told him I, I don't think I'm going to be able to get it under the 60. So, like, what is the effect? Am I getting cut off? Is there channel like, your is there, Hot Wheels guy? Is there? I did that last time, and there was way <laughs> too much. But I didn't I know. Mean, if, yeah, it, it, that just means in post. I'm just going to cut it. I didn't know if there was we'll like a demerit system. The There's lashes yeah, by involved. By the time the edited episode comes, ten back. points from Gryffindor. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so we're at the point where we're going to get our, to our actual discussion. We have our five topics and ten minutes on the clock for each of them. Um, out of direction, story, actors, characters, soundtrack, special effects, Andy, where would you like to start? Oh, I get to start us off. That's right. I'm picking you, buddy. Oh, hell. Uh, we'll go with uh, characters and actors. Is that one of them? Yep. Yeah. We'll where go you got it? One. Ten minutes on the clock. Um. Johnny Cage, or not Johnny Cage? <laughs> <laughs> that is Johnny crazy. plays Nick Cage. How can Cage. he not go as Johnny Cage for um, Halloween sometime? I, I was hesitant when I saw the movie the first time about Nick Cage as Johnny Blaze. Just doesn't fit the bill to me as what I always thought Johnny Blaze or Ghost Rider should be. But I thought he did a fairly good job. I mean, he Nick Cage overacted a lot of the scenes. <laughs> in my opinion, but that's that's Nick Cage. It's just what he does. You gotta expect yeah, that's what that from his for. movie. Yeah, uh, Eva Mendez was very attractive. They didn't um, give her a whole lot to do, though. She didn't really do anything at all. Um, the Blackheart character. I wish they would have fleshed him out a little bit more. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just like what was it? What was he doing to the people? Was he taking their souls? Was he just sucking out all their moisture? What 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 was that? Sucking all their uh, moisture. He w- he was transferring um, Seneca Crane's blueberries into their. Like, <laughs> being. Oh, see, I missed that part of the movie. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a futuristic crossover. Blueberries. <laughs> I wish they would have explained a little bit more about what was going on with him in that. Um, Danal Logue was really cool, actually, as, like, the little buddy guy. I thought he was he was pretty good. Um, Rebel Wilson had her, like, five minutes of fame there. That was, <laughs> you know, pretty, pretty awesome. The, the, I didn't care for any of the elemental fallen angels that followed Blackheart around. I thought they yeah. all sort of just sucked. Yep. Peter Fonov obviously did a good job. As as Mephistopheles, I thought. Does anyone know? Is that supposed to be just Mephisto? Did they? Yeah, that's they... Mephisto. Yeah. That's okay. that's just the Marvel Satan, the Comics Code Satan. Did I call okay. him something? That it, it's Mephisto, not Mephistopheles. Well, no, that's what they no, call they... him in the movie. Okay, yeah, I just was wondering why they used that name instead of just Mephisto. I okay. didn't know if it was supposed to be someone they're... different or the same person. They're big cats fans. <laughs> <laughs> And I think I'm gonna. I'll get into my opinion of why later. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> pass it to anybody else who wants to take on actors, characters. I will gladly because the first thing I'd like to say, Brian, um, for the future of this show, can we spend our entire future budget for the show, whatever that might be, 
and try to talk Sam Elliott into doing um, narration Fuck, for us. I forgot about <laughs> Sam Elliott. Um, because <laughs> Sam Elliott, uh, Sam Elliott could narrate anything, and I'm in. I don't get. I don't give a shit what he's talking about. I I'm going to watch it. My one note for that was that Sam Elliott just oozes cool. Yeah. <laughs> he, he does. The only thing I wrote down. Yeah, if he yeah. smoked a Marlboro cigarette, I'd be smoking Marlboro cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> I did that for ten years because of it. <laughs> yeah. He played. I kind of want to figure out how to make my facial hair grow up to just below my eyes. Yeah, that was weird. Because <laughs> yeah, he definitely like they they should have just shaved that down a little bit. Um, he actually know. played. Basically, the Marlboro Man in "Thank You for Smoking." Oh, okay. Funny um, enough. Um, and did anybody in my summary? I, I don't think they did. Did anybody catch that I called him Wade Garrett? Yes. What did that mean? <laughs> I called him that and General Ross. <laughs> I, I caught General Ross. Yeah. Uh, Wade Garrett was his character from Roadhouse. Oh, see, so yeah, I wouldn't really connect with that. <laughs> um. Other things about characters, Nicholas Cage doing like the whole transition thing into Ghost Rider is a hundred percent Nicholas Cage, and that's why I'm there for Nicholas Cage. It was fucking great. <laughs> um, I feel like Eva Mendes did fine. You know, like like there wasn't a lot there. Um, what's Seneca Crane's name in the? What's his real name? I don't. Wes Bentley. Bentley. Wes Bentley. Yes. What? the hell was that that was one of like the absolute worst things in this movie he was black awful yeah. yeah i felt like blackheart was just pure cringe from start to finish of the character like the dialogue the acting associated with it i uh, i mean i good. really enjoyed him because he reminded me a lot of the devil from dogma like it felt like the exact same character the devil from dogma yeah, isn't the guy the devil or, is or he J- just J- the, Jason he, Lee? Yeah, well, no, he's not the was. he's not the he, devil, he's but. just a demon. Okay, anyways, yeah. he's just like the guy in Dogma, <laughs> and it was awesome as fuck. And I also really loved that he was proto Edward fucking Cullen. That was the hell to see. And you see him hanging out with his lost boys, just fucking shit up. <laughs> that was cool as hell. Speaking of the waitress in this movie from the bar. Yeah. She was in a little 2000 movie called Twitch, which is the basis for the website Twitch. What? And on that You're making note, this shit up. <laughs> so the first time Nick Cage, I think, speaks in the film is after he crashes his bike. And they're like, you, you okay, Johnny? Johnny, you still alive? Are you even breathing? No one's helping him. They're just asking him questions, <laughs> even though he's clearly concussed. And he just says, is the bike okay? And I wrote down, give him a fucking Oscar. Because he deserved one from that very moment until the film ended. On that Nick note, Cage I... Ha- did all of his maniac bullshit, and he was engaged throughout the film. This is one of his best roles, even better than his role in Astro Boy. <laughs> On the note of them surrounding him and like not trying to like let paramedics get to him or anything... I wrote a similar note down about when he sees his dad die. His dad is there lying dead on the ramp, and there is not a person in sight trying to help him. And he just goes up to his dad on the ramp and, like, rolls him over like, oh, he's dead. And it's like, where the fuck are the people that should be, like, I don't know, trying to help? There was people, like, rolling the bike away and mulling around. they're fucking carnies. They don't know what medicine is. <laughs> didn't didn't you hear the summary? They're carny trash. They don't have EMTs. I, 
Yeah, but My nobody's third even trying is to help. fucking carnies. <laughs> like nobody. They just they're just like they're ah. carnies. All right, we got three minutes on the clock. Josh, you want to get in here? Yeah. I do. Uh, I agree. Good casting of Peter Fonda as the devil, Satan, Mephistopheles, whatever. Um, but I thought that he was doing like his best Jack Nicholson as the Joker portrayal of a comic book villain. Um, I can see that. I, I think he could have gone a bit more uh, Pacino in um, uh, Advocate. Devil's Advocate. Devil's Advocate kind of kind of way, um, and it would have worked just as well. Um, I said that uh, Nick Cage kept himself to three cages throughout the movie, <laughs> uh, which are what I'm cage. calling Nick Cage esque type moments. I forgot what the third one was because I was just marking tally marks. <laughs> but the first two, the one, the first one is definitely when he's giving uh, the interview to Roxanne before his helicopter jump, which is what I based my intro response on. That he just gives this like ten second pointless pause and then just says yeah yeah <laughs> um and then yes during the first rider transformation um you got the i forget his character name from face off but you get the like manic face off eyes yes yeah um he doesn't like i don't i've never seen any part that he played where he finds that good sweet spot of of actual like mania and it just comes off as like a lunatic in a way, like like he he should in my eyes like he should have been. Uh, I don't know like when when those those moments where he slips into like the bulging eyes and the like the laughter for a moment like it, it's not what was needed at that point. But, um, See, but I think what you're actually seeing there is real mania, not acting. I think you're actually seeing mania from, from him. Yes, like... um, I did note that Nick Cage got the Marvel body even before the MCU was a thing. I wrote that obligatory Marvel shirtless scene. Yep. Um, and again, I'm with Andy. I felt like the casting was like, like him as the actor was not terrible, but the casting of him as the ghost writer wasn't really the greatest. I know he wasn't that old when he was in this, but I just feel like he wasn't the right person for it in a way. Um, and Eva Mendez again, yeah, did well enough. Um, the age difference between the two of them made things a little difficult to buy into. <laughs> but um no, I was, yeah, especially I was when they else. show them the same age when they're younger right <laughs> I'm like oh yeah they're the same age here and then they jump forward and it's like they're still this oh that doesn't look right yeah and and again yeah sam elliott just he's cool he's sam elliott yeah yeah sam elliott was good he, uh donald Logue, i forgot how much i liked him in things so that was cool <laughs> to see him again um, I, he did he go in and out of his southern accent sometimes for you too? Maybe I I felt like that happened. A few <laughs> that's times, the least of I'm my like, concerns with this movie. <laughs> oh uh, no, no, it's, it's it's on the list, but it's it's low. <laughs> uh, yeah, Eva Mendez was fine. She had nothing to do. They didn't give her anything to do. She would you know fine with what she had to work with. Uh, Nick Cage was fine. I think I don't know. I didn't get the sense that it was him like being Ghost Rider. Obviously, you see him as Johnny Blaze, and you can get more of a sense of like Nick Cage doing things, but. Once the the skull flames on and uh, there's nothing Nick Cagey about the Ghost Rider that it's like yeah you need Nick Cage for that role even like, like that, the persona like, like any yeah of it, it could yeah. have been anybody well which when Sam Elliott when Carter Slade turns into the Ghost Rider you can hear Sam Elliott in that right right you can't hear Nicolas Cage through the voice of their Ghost Rider yeah there's he's, a story reason for that he's just very you know he's even as the Ghost Rider is just very slow and like clunky f feeling I don't know he just doesn't. 
maybe they, they need to give more personality to the Ghost Rider to just make it feel like Nick Cage is coming through there, but I, nothing there felt like, okay, yeah, you need that's why Nick Cage was cast as Ghost Rider. You that don't makes think sense. Monster was personality enough for you? No. Oh, no, I don't. Even to the hand, even to the Nick Cage hand motions. <laughs> Did you guys know, before we jump to the next thing, that um, they actually had to uh, have the makeup department cover up Nick Cage's Ghost Rider tattoo so that he could play Ghost Rider. <laughs> I did hear, remember hearing that years ago when this came out. Uh, and yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. That at le- And I get, you can definitely tell, I will, I'll throw him a bone. You, you get the sense that he wanted to be a part of this. I don't yeah. feel like he yeah. phoned this in whatsoever. Yeah, I agree. I'll take that. He definitely didn't. Um, all right, so we got story, soundtrack, special effects, explosions, and direction. Still on the board. Uh, Ian, where do you want to go next? <laughs> uh, we're going to explosions. All right, go for it. So the beginning of the film when they're doing the like summary of what ghostwriting is and why ghostwriting exists, they use all of the fucking like late 90s screen effects like all at once. <laughs> and that was fucking awesome. Um. So the first explosion in the film is when Ghost Dad dies. And I don't know if you guys recognize this, but falling off your motorcycle going 20 miles per hour should not kill you. <laughs> and that's why I don't think anyone assisted him, because if he dies so from that, he's dead. <laughs> and that was also a 0 out of 10 explosion. And we know it was an explosion, because when they show you outside of where it happened, you can see like flashing lights happen, which means an explosion occurs. Zero out of ten because flashing lights are a shit explosion. <laughs> but, but we did get pyro. We got fucking pyro, and women love this pyro. <laughs> this was like classic WCW in its heyday pyro going on. Oh man, and it was fucking cool. Monday as Night shit. Nitro. Damn straight. <laughs> they could have had the Nitro dancers out there on top of the helicopters. <laughs> The Lost Boys looked fine. You know, I think they did a good job with their monster forms. But, like, actually, no, I'm just kidding. The CG in this movie sucked. <laughs> it was so fucking awful that I was like, when was this made? I kept looking it up because I was like, at least Spawn, I thought, tried to do something. This, I don't know what the fuck happened. <laughs> the CGI looks so bad in this that it now improves the movie because it's so bad. I'm like, holy shit, these guys didn't give a fuck about nothing. If Ian doesn't at least rate this movie a nine, I'm going to be really disappointed. (laughs) So then my favorite, I guess, effect of the film is, um, so Ghost Rider is on top of a bridge and jumps off it, and Jesus walks on water, (laughs) Ghost Rider shreds across it, and it's fucking cool as hell. And flicks them off before he does it. I losing my mind. Yeah, yeah, don't forget flipping them off. That's... Oh, fuck, fuck the police. (laughs) Ghost Rider hates the police. Nick Cage respects them. Ghost Rider says, fuck the police. (laughs) And then, um, the one last thing I thought was, like, super weird, and I guess this could go in direction, but I'm throwing it in effects because I just read the note. Right at the end, when they're having the contract off, they cut in, like, zoom in on everyone's eyes real quick. And I was like, this is the dumbest fucking thing. <laughs> so, yeah. Fe- That's kind of a of special for effect. The first explosion. All of the pyro, though, 10 out of 10 fuck yeah explosions. <laughs> uh, Josh, you want to follow that one up? <laughs> I, w- I was hoping it would come out on the high end because the, the, the first explosion note I wrote down was after 
the rider's first transition and he speeds out of the city and like blows past the cop who's trying to get him on the speed trap. And I wrote yeah. down the power of Johnny's riding caused an explosion <laughs> of the air. <laughs> That's got to count for something. He broke the sound barrier with that. Yes. Um, as far as effects, I, I, I agree. There were definitely a lot of places that corners were cut. There's enough for the budget that they spent and for the year it was made and the way that some of these movies were being made in, in the first part of the decade that like some of the rider scenes of him, like just like shredding up the, uh, the skyscraper, whatnot. Like I thought those like went okay. There's, there's, a lot that I thought at least looked well enough. Um, the one thing that I was actually sad about is the, the whole sequence of, of the first transition from Johnny to Ryder. I actually really dug just about all of that for like the minute that it's all happening. I, 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 I liked his acting. It was yeah. Over the top in a couple of moments, like with expressions, but the music was really cool the effects were going great the only thing i was disappointed in was they got about 60 percent of the way there with the transition from like human flesh and person and then they just kind of blink change the camera angle and they come up and now you've got cartoony you know ghost rider flamehead if they had kept that going through the entire thing, I would have loved to see how they got all the way there. Cause I thought it was looking really cool. Uh, the, the one note that I yeah. took that I wrote down was actually, I dug the transition effects like that. Like I think every transition to and from ghost rider worked for me. Mm -hmm. I, I think I wrote down as the best effect in the movie is the transitions. Now I get what you're saying and I see that part of it. So, you know, take that as a will that this is where the bar is that I think everything under that is still kind of shit. Mm. Uh, and, you know, you and I, I think, have the uh, experience of having watched that, like, Ghost Rider and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., where I think the transitions they do for a television show, granted it's, you know, only a few years old, but the Ghost Rider transitions they did in a TV show, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., was looked fucking fantastic. They're, they're I thought they pretty looked amazing. ten times better than this. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think on your point, Brian, though, like... Four years later, sci-fi is doing better effects on television than this film. Fair, yeah. Yeah. And I, it, and you know, part of it might just be just, you know, this was still in the, that weird realm of comic book movies where they kept coming out, but they didn't catch on to where they are now, where it felt like people were taking them seriously and actually, mm -hmm. like, putting in the money and time and effort to make them look cool. Right. This well, definitely I, feels like almost like a cash grab. Like, okay, we have the Marvel license, we can do a character, let's just throw this movie together and go. I mean, that's what they were but going they for. Ghost Rider? I, they didn't have, you know, this This was, I, I don't know where Fox got the license for these specific characters, like, you know, between Daredevil and Fantastic this was Four Sony. and, what's that? This was Sony. Yeah, this was, was it Sony? This was Columbia yeah, this and Sony. Was Sony. Okay, sorry. So even the, the, like, the licenses Marvel was handing out to other studios, I like, Spider-Man, understand, that's popular. I didn't know that Ghost Rider, in the sense, was this popular. Either that or it was just one they were willing to sell to someone, and they thought, oh, this looks cool, a guy with a flaming skull, let's make a movie out of that. Well, I mean, personally, I, I think they did a, a decent service at the time for the special effects they had for the Rider himself. 
Yeah. I feel like, you know, the Ghost Rider looked good. What they did with Mephisto and Blackheart, I want to slap the shit out of them for <laughs> because those are two of the best villains in the Marvel Universe. And <sighs> it sucked. Yeah, they just looked like dudes with random ghost faces that popped up here and there. Yeah. And, it, like, Blackheart is one of the coolest looking villains out there. And it, I guess this movie would call it his true form, since he has to look like a human for the whole movie. But, it, you know, Blackheart's true form looks amazing. Mephisto is, you know, kind of a um, generic devil-looking thing in the comic books. Not anything all that great in terms of design. But, I don't know. That that kind of frustrated me. But I, I think that goes to what you were saying, where people weren't taking these things really seriously at the time. We were still at a point where we got a giant cloud as Galactus. We got, oh, yeah. you know, so many of these things where it was like, man, if you just make the stuff people saw in the comic books and loved, people will love it. There's yeah. a reason these things were popular. And then Marvel Studios came around and said, well, let's try that and look where we're at now. Yeah. They started making things more true to the comics. Watchmen did it. You know, like, it, they stuck to what worked for the story, and lo and behold, it worked a lot better. Um, having said that, you got some really sketchy special effects here. One that you guys haven't mentioned at all is the uh, motorcycle scene after he makes the big jump and he chases Roxanne down. The green screen there is one of the most obvious green oh, yeah. screens I've ever seen. Yeah. When he's chasing the truck down and On he's the doing the tricks, and it's like, God, it, it's so, like, for a, a big budget movie, that was some shitty green screen. I will say they tried though. Like, there's the the shots of like looking at the front of the the van that Roxanne's in, and he's trying to go around the side, and it's obviously a stunt driver on the bike, but they plastered a CG Nick Cage face over the stunt <laughs> guy, so you can it quick glance, it's like, oh, it's Nick Cage doing it. But the minute you start to look at it a little bit harder, you're like, no, that's a CG <laughs> face mask that you put over someone's face. Yeah. And Mike, but I don't want to cut you off, but we got 50 seconds on the clock. I want to make sure we get Andy in here. Go for it. Um, the CG parts that I enjoyed, I, I enjoyed the penance stare. I liked the, the black and orange eyes after he was done doing the penance stare. I thought that was cool. And I actually enjoyed the transition from normal bike to rider bike. Mm, I thought yeah. that was actually a very cool uh, CG cha transition. And I actually thought in general the bike looked and sounded cool yeah i'll give me. you that um even like as it was like making trenches in the street and tearing down all of the glass that was going up the skyscraper i thought that was pretty cool i did not care for um the helicopter scene on top of the size the skyscraper it just didn't seem to have any bearing on well anything <laughs> uh, um and it looked shabby, special effects wise. Uh, any any last minute comments? I I just wrote Ghost Rider horse equals badass. <laughs> oh no 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 no! See you you missed you understated that. That's the world's most badass, angriest horse, Alejandro. <laughs> uh, also on explosions, I will note that um. You know, the Josh mentioned, you know, all the things blowing up as Ghost Rider's going by. And they make a very clear note to point out that if there was any people there, they're also dead. Because when they <laughs> zoom by, 
uh, together at the end of the film, Carter and Johnny, um, a lizard just gets incinerated. So oh, yeah. living matter also just dies in the wake of the rider. So it's for the greater cause, he, who knows how many people he killed just riding around. I mean, he's out there saving souls. Do, do you suppose that's I mean, because that's he, he didn't, he didn't know how to contain the sheer raw power of the rider yet? Because I don't think he ever made that like divot in any of the streets after that. But they killed the lizard in the end of the film. <laughs> I understand that. I'm just throwing something out there. <laughs> I don't know. Proceed. Like, I, proceed. I don't, you're asking the wrong person that question. Uh, all right. Uh, Mike, we'll transition. Where do you want to go next? Direction, story, or soundtrack? Um, I'm going to go to story because okay. I think I have the most to say about that. All right. Ten minutes. Go for it. Uh, first and foremost, what hurts the ghost rider that hurts Johnny? Because there's one thing. We we see him get stabbed. And this inconsistency pissed me off so badly. He gets stabbed, and then Carter ends up stitching him back up. Because when he becomes Johnny again, he has a stab wound. He also, as the Ghost Rider, gets crushed by a truck, shot and riddled with bullets. God knows how many that was that the police shot him up with. Perfectly fine when he turns back into Johnny. Moments later perfectly fine what the fuck is that <laughs> yeah that doesn't just make take any the sense. part where the fucking knife hurts him out don't have that be a thing it doesn't make any sense he either needs to be invincible and not a why knives is it just knives that hurt him yeah it's like the anybody... yes that was an uh, adamantium knife <laughs> okay well sure um good things about the story I don't have a whole lot on that, um, but I feel like they did a good job, you know, with the interactions between Johnny and Mephisto. I'm not going to go through the whole name. Um, those interactions worked for me, um, although it's kind of a dick to have like a paper cut seal a contract for your soul. Like that's that's. I mean, he is the devil, so it's I mean, kind of that's, like, that's exactly that's what the devil shit. would do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. It's just like, damn. That that fucking sucks. That establishes, right? hey, that's the devil. Yeah, true. <laughs> they showed, didn't tell. Um, but I, I like one of the things I would say, like, uh, that also didn't make sense about those interactions is when the devil shows up f to essentially contract his fire elemental, the air gets cold. You know, we see Johnny's breath so much, and it's just like, that pissed me off. Like, this is the devil showing up. It's not supposed to get cold. It's supposed to get hot. What the hell's going on? Like, if it's going to change, it's it shouldn't go that way. I didn't mm. understand, like, the thought process. Um, Polar opposites, maybe? I, maybe. This, I guess... Man, I, I don't want to ramble too much, so I'm just going to go... This movie, in a nutshell is the waiter answering Eva Mendez when she asks him if she's pretty with a... Eh. <laughs> I wrote <laughs> that down. That, that out of everything, that is the most unbelievable part of this fucking movie. Yeah, Eva Mendez what? is sitting there she's, like, am I she's pretty? She's a wine drunk sitting lonesome. That guy killed her because I'm, eh. That guy destroyed her mentally <laughs> with that line, and I loved it. 
My, he my, may have, but there's not a man on yeah, earth there's, that's yeah, going my, to do that. My exact, no one in your right mind. My exact note that I, I wrote for this, it was the first one I put down for story at all, was no matter what my rating comes out for this, I will deduct at least one half point <laughs> just for them trying to to uh, trick us into thinking that even in a fictional setting, someone could not find Eva Mendez attractive. Yeah, because it's, that is that is her question. Woman they tried to sitting in a bar look... for hours waiting for someone. Of course, you're gonna be like, that's not attractive. But that that they is her. Tried to make she her. She shows look... up there and orders wine before Johnny even leaves to go to the restaurant. So she is there at least an hour early, or he's listen, really listen. late. Nick Cage was never late for nothing. <laughs> that's that's what I took. Is he was trying to talk himself up to to they to tried... go. They tried their hardest to make her look unappealing there. They tried to make her look Failed. exacerbated and drunk Failed. and all that, and it was just like, nope, it's... didn't work. No. That's she should it, have acted it, harder. I'm, I'm, well, whatever. It's That, to me, like I said, is this whole movie just in a nutshell. Just that, just what the fuck. If you're talking story, it, it's just, <laughs> it's all over the damn place. It's uh, fun, but it's all over. Uh, Andy, do you want to transition to story? What do you got? Uh, story, some things that didn't make any sense to me. When Mephistopheles comes to get the power back from Johnny, I don't understand what prevents him from doing so other than Johnny going, you can't do that. I'm going to use it against you. <laughs> they signed a contract. I, I, like your, I like your Nick Cage. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I don't understand what prevented him from actually getting it back at that point. He, he's fucking Mephistopheles. He could just be like, fuck you. It's mine now. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I didn't understand that aspect. I also didn't understand why Carter Slade had to get the contract of San, whatever the fuck it was. San Venganza. San Venganza or whatever. Yeah. It's because, because from what they showed us afterwards, it was the devil that got the contract and not the Ghost Rider. So I'm not sure why it flopped for that one. Does that make any sense? And even once he has the contract, why doesn't he just burn it? Yeah. I, uh, I mean, it's a like, devil contract. It's, it's probably immune to certain. Uh, yeah, I just kind of figured mystical thing. Like that. That, you know, that didn't. That yeah, that didn't drop me. But Andy's point definitely did. I, yeah, I didn't yeah, understand why. The, yeah, the why the rider devil yeah. relationship in the business arrangement to the people who entered into into the deals. We're we're completely opposite. Yeah, it didn't make any sense to me. Um, they. Uh, I felt like they didn't do a good job of clarifying the whole hallowed ground thing and why the Mephistopheles couldn't come after Slade at all uh, yeah. because he was at the graveyard the whole time I'm assuming but Blackheart went into the church and just absolutely royally fucked up that priest so I'm not <laughs> and, really understanding of that I, one at all he, yeah they just dropped like a casual note. line somewhere like I'm not oh you thought you'd be safe I'm not like my father something like that yeah oh, i oh, feel oh, like he said he said they weren't fallen angels or at least he wasn't he wasn't oh. fallen he was created by his by his dad fallen maybe angels can't go maybe, on the hallowed ground okay maybe that's why mephistopheles but there, there's the a other, lot of shoe other, leather that it the, takes to get there the other three fallen angel elemental 
Nephilim, ser- Nephilim, yeah. Um, I didn't get that at all either. Um, but those were the biggest gripes for me, so I'll pass it on because I know we were short on time here. Uh, two forty left, Ian. You want this one? <laughs> so Johnny Blaze has made a career and. This motherfucker is bigger than Hulk Hogan and the Power Rangers. <laughs> and I had no fucking idea why. <laughs> like, this dude was has to be the most popular person in the fucking world. Like, everyone knows his name. There's 200 people waiting for him to cut off a news truck. <laughs> like, it's absurd how big he is. Speaking of the news truck, I thought he was dumb as shit <laughs> when he was like, I'm going to go chase after her because she's my dream girl or whatever. But then, like, when he, like, starts to walk away from her and pulls it off, I was like, you know what? He's actually a Giga Chad. <laughs> and I was like, that's strong writing showing me, like, just how much raw animal magnetism Nick Cage has. And just doing that into the story. I really enjoyed that. Like, it was it was probably some of the best writing the film had was establishing that. Um, I did oh, really shit. like the very quick police response to him like breaking out of prison and then they just follow him like all over Mm -hmm. and they even get it where you can have like 200 cops surrounding ghost rider and they lit him up like donald rumsfeld found oil in his pockets (laughs) they just blew the shit out of him yeah that was like a grand theft auto type of response (laughs) (laughs) oh my god it was amazing like they're just like the police are mystical in this fucking universe i mean i think my favorite writing part is um, Blackheart saying, oh, your your mind crush doesn't work on me. You can't fuggle my brain because I don't have a soul. And then to power up, he goes and gets a thousand souls, now making him super weak against the Ghost Rider's greatest <laughs> ability that he knows about in his reference. <laughs> Just a fucking, like, next level genius move by that dude. <laughs> like, holy shit, how smart do you have to be? And then I don't know if this is from the comic book, but I love that the wet guy was named Wallow and he wallowed in sadness because <laughs> he was wet constantly. I mean, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would do the yeah. same thing. And then I, I guess this could go in direction, but I think I think someone had to write this down to tell Nick Cage to do it. But in Ghost Rider form, when he's fighting at one point, he does the Matumbo finger wag, and that was so fucking badass. <laughs> oh yeah, the uh, the cop that hits him with the no, no, no. With the, night, the yeah. nightstick. He goes, did, no, no, did no. this movie happen before or after that commercial though? <laughs> before the commercial, but he was famous for doing it already. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Uh, yeah, this um this story didn't make any fucking sense half the time because a thousand souls isn't that big of a deal. Like, in the terms you know of, like, die? all of human history. Constantly. <laughs> like, Cain and Abel, there is a really bad guy in that story. That's a good soul to have. <laughs> the fuck? Yeah. Uh, I, I, Josh, did we get you in for story? I don't remember. Uh, I kind of chimed in, but I'll say, like, there, the basic framework here is at least entertaining enough where you're like, okay, I'm watching this two-hour Nicolas Cage's Ghost Rider movie. These people are in it. I'm enjoying it. Eh, okay, that's that's fine. Um, it, it just... A lot of these were just weak points that could have been better. That, like, it got... Ri- I was not able to, like, latch on to the love story after they were teenagers. Yeah. Like, it just... It went too fast. Like, okay, we, we've met, and now from the moment that we're back together 25, 30 years later, we're apparently, you know, star-crossed lovers... I, I, again, immediately were there, and it just—it was 
very forced. Um, one th- I, I didn't understand in the in the graveyard when Blackheart does go after the caretaker that uh, I wrote. So the only demon powers of possession that Blackheart possesses are body kicks and pouty yells. <laughs> that that's all he does to Sam Elliott. He kicks, and he says, "Give me it." Kicks. Tell me where it is. Kicks. He fights. What is, what is he fights Sam Elliott? Yeah, he attacks him at he because he can go into the graveyard. Am I missing this? No, are you talking about the priest, Josh? So this might have been okay. So this is an interesting point. <laughs> Those are different characters. No, 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 no. This is an interesting <laughs> point. This might be the one. Maybe this is the one thing that was the difference of the extended cut. Oh, oh see, yeah, I didn't watch the extended cut. That was, I thought the extended yeah. cut was the one on HBO Max. I thought for sure that's what it said when I watched it. I I don't know. I mean, you're I don't know. Brian. You're not reacting. I watched like on you, HBO Max. I, yeah, too, I don't. I mean, I don't remember what you're referencing. There. So you I did, definitely scene. didn't see it either. I don't think. Yeah, there's. But a, there's, I feel like I was also half paying attention at certain points in the movie. So I'm. It might have been in there. Never and I just, occurred. Yeah, I, I feel like I definitely would have remembered that. There's there's only a 13 minute difference in in runtime between the two. So it was probably like that mm-hmm. one scene and then a couple other like smaller extended moments here and there. Um, I mean, it wasn't 13 minutes of him just like bitch slapping Sam Elliott around. <laughs> I mean, it seemed longer than it should have been, but um, yeah, <laughs> so that, that, bad. that happens at least, but I, I didn't understand. Um, and uh, well, now you know why it was all that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, then I'll also tag on to what Andy said earlier about like Carter Slade and, and that, because, Okay, why is it that he can take this other ghost rider to the town, but he can't do anything? And when he's like, "Oh, I could only change one more time," why? Does he? Yeah, does he? Based have, on like, what rules? Based on or who just said stay that? changed and go to the fight? Yeah, like, does he, don't change back until it's over. Yeah, does he? Right. Have, that pissed me off. He's like, "I'm gonna ride with you. We rode together." All right, bye. Yeah, does yeah, he have I, like I, a the, running tally in his head? Like, okay, I have one left. Okay. They're ghost riders, not ghost fighters. <laughs> but like the they idea, ride kind of cool. The idea of that is like never introduced or talked about. It just like I get that you're setting that up so that Sam Elliott can ride off and disappear. I get that. That's the moment you but want I mean, like, to make, but it, it just it didn't make any damn sense. Well, like is Carter still immortal after that, or like did he give up immortality uh, and his that, ability to be the ghost rider yeah, at the same time, or was it just? That's what I'm presuming. He's, want, he's, he's now released. He's gone. Or maybe him not but, being on hollowed ground anymore. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Right. Know. There's nothing there, but yeah, at the at the very least, like to throw out that one line, like oh, I could only change one more time. Like, what freaking role are you talking about that no one <laughs> brought up before? What the hell? It's role of the rider. Yeah. Um, but I, I, we're not going to go further than that. It's with it. we're just not. sounding. I mean, a lot of this sounds. Th- this, I think, the movie is better than the sum of its parts. If if that makes sense, I, I I think a lot of this is easy to knock down one by one. But I think I've seen way worse things, and I don't think this is collectively as bad as each of these things was. Yeah, I could probably maybe give you that. Um, I know the timer went, but I don't know if I really chimed in on this. I'm going to try to go quickly. Uh, story for me, I, I agree with Josh. This felt very basic. I don't think there was too much to it. It felt very cookie cutter type of thing. Uh, I think as most of us have discussed by the time we get to the end of the movie, there's a lot going on that I don't know why a lot of the shit is going on and none of it seems to make sense to me. And, and I think the part that Andy kind of brought up where, uh, Mephisto kind of like 
tries to get the Ghost Rider ability back from Johnny Blaze, and then Johnny Blaze just turns him down. Even Johnny Blaze saying, no, I'm going to keep this, didn't even feel earned to me throughout the movie at all. So mm. that just felt like, what the fuck, why? You you wanted to get rid of this the whole time. I totally <laughs> felt like you would get rid of this by the end, and you just didn't. Mm-hmm. You gave up a life with Eva Mendez to be the Ghost Rider. Fuck you, buddy. I don't care anymore. Um, And I, maybe it's just, I probably could have been included with uh, characters and actors and stuff, but I put it in the story part. I felt like Sam Elliott had the best lines in the movie. I don't know if that was just because of the writing or just because of his delivery, but that's <laughs> my, the note that I had. Sam Elliott can read anything and have it be the best line in most movies. Yeah, so that's kind of where I ended up with that. Brian, the best line in the film was, suspect is going up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I made a mental note of that being the w- fucking, that guy. I don't know what the hell. How did he get casted? <laughs> that was the worst line reading we've seen no, in this No series. emotion. I couldn't tell if that was ADR'd. And if they ADR'd it, it's worse than probably what they were... If that was the better take, like, what the fuck did you record before that? <laughs> like, did he never say the word suspect is going up until that take? <laughs> it, was, it was real late at night. They're like, one and done. This is all we have time for. Okay, cut it. We're good. Is it in the can? That's lunch, everybody. Um, Josh, we got direction and soundtrack left. What do you want? Uh, I'm going to hit soundtrack. Um, all right. I... I actually kind of thought it, the 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 music, the score was actually very level, and music was used to really good effect in this movie. Um, specifically in the first first act, uh, after you get Johnny as an adult, um, you know what's the, the 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 very first thing you get as Johnny Blaze, you get Crazy Train. Yeah. Right. So. What is the Johnny Blaze persona to the public? It's fireworks and explosions and and shit going off and all this stuff. And you get Crazy Train. And then he goes to his quiet time and you got the Carpenters. <laughs> but I but I think it was really good to show it was a good it was a good use of contrasting especially pop music in that sense to create and illustrate the two sides of him like he's not the person that motorcycle jumping crowds want that daredevil to be and the way that he centers himself is you know not not it's in a completely different way so i actually thought that was used to really good effect um i had to look this up but this is this this was written as original music by the composer for the movie um the the music that they play that they wrote and played during his first rider transition that we've talked about a few times. I dug the hell out of that. And I, I thought it was really used in really good effect. Um, you could have put a lot of other options over that. You could have put something, you know, much more heavy metal. Um, but the co- contrasting sound, like I looked it up cause I figured like, Oh, they kind of repurposed some like classical music piece or something, but no, it was like this, like original kind of operatic sounding piece that uh, Christopher Young, the composer made um, that while they played over that transition, I, I, I thought it was just a really good contrast to what was happening. It made it very classical to me, you know, very, very almost like, Oh, you're almost like watching a, a, a classical play with this, this tragedy occurring. And this is the music that would go along to that. Um, so I actually kind of liked that quite a bit. I thought I thought overall 
in any one area, this might be the single strongest that I would give it. Okay. Uh, Andy, soundtrack, what do you think? Uh, I actually agree with Josh. The soundtrack was one of my favorite parts of the movie. Um, I thought the Western sort of themes and guitars really, I think I thought they did a good job of like modernizing that sort of sound and sort of like interspersing it into a lot of uh, the movie. Uh, my favorite part of the soundtrack was the uh, Johnny Cash remake at the end when Slade rides with Blaze. I thought that was super awesome badass, and I tried to have Alexa play it afterwards, but she <laughs> didn't have it. So it was by some guy named Spiderbait. I don't know who the fuck that is, but um, gotta be like a remixer or something. Like <laughs> yeah, I don't know, See, but but I thought I thought I thought everything everything fit, and it the the music accentuated my experience experience in the movie you know instead of like detracting or like i just didn't notice it but yeah. like i felt like i was getting into the scenes because of the music so like that specific scene you're talking about in that spot for me like i was i like what they did but at the same time i'm hearing it and i'm like this should be knights of sidonia like it, it's it's right there and it hits close. Knights of Sidonia doesn't come out until later though, right? It came out in 2006. Okay, I actually looked it up after seeing that scene. I was like, I, I love that song, so I, I wanted it to be yeah, that, yeah. like when I'm hearing it. I love that album and I love that song, and I can see where you're going with that. And it's they're pretty similar actually. A lot of their guitar riffs are pretty similar, but. That's what I mean. Like it was just it was right there and like I didn't realize it was even a Johnny Cash remake. I was just hearing it and I'm like it's just it's almost there. <laughs> it's 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 like it's right there, just a little tweak and this is Knights of Sidonia and I'm like they they've used licensed music, you know what I mean? So it's like that a popular song that had just recently come out would have made sense. But other than that, yeah, it was good. I, I enjoyed the soundtrack, and I enjoyed that song still, even for what it was. It just it just itched me that it was like something I was used to hearing, but not quite. Yeah, uh, Ian, soundtrack. So I thought this was going to end up like Valerian, where it peaks with the first song because the line "going off the rails like a crazy train" describes Nick Cage's acting method to a T. <laughs> <laughs> But I, the music was good throughout. I thought it did Western a lot better than Cowboys and Aliens did, which I really appreciated that they tried to <laughs> stick to the genre somewhat. And then I, I don't think this is the song you guys were referring to, but I think specifically when the world's most angriest horse, Alejandro, <laughs> is first shown, they play a little ditty and that fucking shredded. <laughs> that was like the tightest song to introduce a horse that has ever he, been in you film. You mean when he like comes out of the fog? Yes, yes, that, that. was actually like, really they badass. They that little, yeah. like, tune. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I didn't think we were topping Crazy Train, but we fucking did, guys. <laughs> we fucking did. <laughs> Randy Rhodes, yeah, too. So, considering how I usually discuss music on this these episodes, like, you got two good moments. That's a win for me. <laughs> starting to think I didn't pay attention to the music as well as you guys did. I don't know if I have too many notes for this. Like, I, I was trying to remember what, like, pop music they played and like i remember crazy train and the carpenters and stuff like that but that was about it and it, those didn't really do it for me either way um and like the orchestral stuff the westerny stuff i mean i must just have to try to listen to it again because i don't remember a lot of that 
But I mean, you guys have made me want to listen to it and like it, even though I don't remember it all that well. But you've you've won me over. I need to find the soundtrack so I can try to listen to it after this. If you just honestly, I found it again by because I looked at the soundtrack listing and the, like the soundtrack because I I thought it was a, an actual classical piece is not listed. So eventually, I just YouTubed or Googled like Ghost yeah, right. Ghost Rider transformation. I think. And right. that's how I found the 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 clip of him like crashing in the warehouse and the first transition of the flesh melting and all that. Um, so you can pick up that clip that way, but you could probably do the same thing with the you know caretaker and Johnny ride out to the desert. I imagine at the very least. Oh uh, right, just, okay. Just yeah, to revi- I, like revisit I said, some I, of those I highlights. Don't think I was into it as much as you guys, but I after this, I'm definitely going to make an effort to find it and give it another listen. So you guys have won me over for the soundtrack. I'll say that. Um, all right. So last one we have is for direction. Um, anybody want to take that one, or you want me to take it? You go. You take it. You take it. Okay. I don't want to assume. So, but I'll jump in. Um, all right. Keep me... the money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. I don't have too many notes for direction. I one question I want to pose to you guys, really, because it's one of those things that stuck out to me that maybe just from this era of superhero movies, was there too much slow motion for you guys, or were you cool with it? Because I feel like there's a lot of sequences of like, oh, let's slow it down for something. And I didn't. Less the slow motion and like zoom cut stuff. Yeah. The zoom cuts were cheesy as shit, but. I'm trying to remember. That's that's what makes the movie good. You're talking about the pacing. Like like certain sequences, like, you know, he's, he's coming off the skyscraper. And before he starts coming down and driving down the building there's a slow motion of him like whipping the chain around so he can get back on the building and come down. And there were certain sequences of, of that, like you're in the middle of an action sequence or something or a stunt or something. And the action just slows to give you that shot of, I don't know, slow motion effect for some reason, just because I don't know, someone probably thought it looked cool. Cause the matrix had come out. <laughs> well, I'm trying to remember like if this director did it for daredevil, and it's been too long since I've seen daredevil oh, yes, that definitely. I don't remember yeah, a when, lot of that. When daredevil there was, was a lot going of that for daredevil. the, the one that kills Electra's dad, it's all slow motion when he misses it. Well, that's a pivotal scene. Like, I get that part. Like, for me, I guess that would work there. Well, Just, literally, it seems like... he uses his chain to pivot down the the skyscraper, so that is also a pivotal scene. There, so there's <laughs> one scene. But... <laughs> I see what you did there, you bastard. <laughs> there, like there's i don't know there, it stuck out to me that it happened a lot and i didn't know i couldn't tell if i found it distracting or if i liked it so it's just something i was going to post to you guys um and i you know again i don't depend comparing it to daredevil i don't since it's the same director i don't know if this is like his shtick if he did it a lot with daredevil i don't really remember because it's been a while since i've seen that one so i don't know if this is just what this guy does i think it's just something bad movies do maybe and that's what i mean i don't know if it's just like Per that era, that's this is what other. I, I think it's a bit of the era okay. where you know they wanted you to see more of what was actually happening. Whereas today we realize that it's even more badass if you can make us see it and have it happen in real time. Yeah, fair. But Agreed. shake the shit out of that camera. Um, as far as other direction stuff, I don't know if there was any like really. I, there was a couple cool shots. I thought like most of the stuff that stands out to me is stuff when he's in Ghost Rider form. Like there's certain shots of framing and stuff that I thought was kind of cool. Um, the, obviously we keep bringing back the uh, the riders riding together at the end of the movie with Sam Elliott and Johnny Blaze and the horse and the bike. Like that whole sequence look was 
it, that's probably the most memorable shot for me is the two of them just riding away in the sunset and and going towards the climax. Like that's the part that I remember from the movie the most. Other than that, most of it kind of blends together. Nothing really stucks out to me that it's like, yes, that was cool. I enjoy that. Let's do more of that. That's that's yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. Those are my notes. So. I really like that when the devil descends upon hell on earth, also known as a gathering of carnies, <laughs> when all the lights are blowing up and they're exploding, the only lights that don't blow up is like some type of devil ride. I really enjoyed that like oh, attention to detail. That. Like, oh, yeah, that catch. was cool. And then I also really liked when Eva Mendez shows up in adult form for the first time. <laughs> She's off by herself and like in the light and stuff. And I was like, this is so fucking cheesy for like when the ex shows back up, like all of the attention's on her. Yeah. Like, um, that, that parody movie, like high school movie, the film or whatever that was called. Not another you know team movie. About? Not another Yeah. Team. Not our team movie. Like that's, I think they referenced that in that movie. Like that's how <laughs> cliche this is. And they still did it. Like, this movie, this director was using cliches, like, left and right. And, like, it's just it, a product not only of its time, but also of, like, having a director that doesn't have a mind of his own. <laughs> like, all of the action was terrible because all of the fights take five seconds. It's Ghost Rider gets attacked once or twice, doesn't react to it because it doesn't hurt him because he's more powerful than Batman and Superman combined. <laughs> and then he defeats them with a single move. Yeah. Like, that's not entertaining to watch for a fight. I actually got bored near the end of the film because I was like, oh, it's just the last fight and it's going to take 10 seconds. That's not cool. Yeah. I want Nick Cage to gestate more. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that last fight he did do a little bit more because he wasn't in Ghost Rider form for half of it. But as soon as he yeah, gets that's... back to Ghost Rider form, well, the fight's over. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, you know, he did the good stuff, like, Ghost Rider shreds across the water. He's gonna whip this helicopter like he's gonna whip a dude named Toby. Like, <laughs> shit works. Like pissing him off. <laughs> like, you, you got that horse music perfect. That horse music destroyed. And, you know, like, I didn't like the eye zoom. I didn't like... I hated the eye zoom. That, that I forgot about the eye zoom. Yeah. I feel and, like that was know. trying to be, like, a western throwback thing. And... Didn't work. No, it, it was bad was. then. You know, I really liked. I guess it's a director decision to have like the fucking movie made video game scene where like it's very clearly they made some type of CG effects to look like a video game just for this movie <laughs> for the Johnny Blaze video game. Oh yeah, that was fucking you know amazing. And then you know he got a good shot of like this is a biker bar in the middle of nowhere. I believed it. I believe that was a biker bar in the middle of nowhere. Fair. So you know he made a. Shitty movie, but, you know, <laughs> that's what you're going to do when you don't have talent. Uh, Mike, what do you think about direction? I mean, we've said most of it already. Um, I'm trying to think of something like one positive and one negative here. One, uh, a good positive. Um, he put Eva Mendes in a movie. Yeah, I mean... They found enough low-cut shirts for her to wear, I guess. I, I don't... <laughs> That's got to be a director he, choice, right? He yeah. let Eva Mendez wander right into a crime scene, you know? <laughs> yeah. Twice! Um, negative additional cliche onto what uh, Ian was mentioning. Um, how many... Can we count down the seconds? Because um, I would like to do this and see uh, what you guys think. The seconds it takes from discovering a pack of cigarettes to discovering his dad has cancer. 
Did you guys count? No. It, it was like the same time. It was it, three steps. It was three steps to the trash can, throws it in and sees the note. It's like, well, here's the cigarettes. Here's the cancer note. I like that the note, can though, we was... Just, just do the note? Like, we get it. Like, it doesn't... The creases on the note implied it was balled up, but it was barely, like, bunched up when he pulls it out. (laughs) And on top of that, he falls asleep. Cancer diagnoses are delivered by mail. Yes. And he falls asleep that night. And when he startles awake in the morning, his dad has already been to the doctor and gotten x-ray results clearing him of cancer that didn't take, like, several days to review with other doctors. Like, how the fuck did this actually happen? Carnies. He got but, ripped off but, by carnies. I, I can I'm buy saying, the devil like, aspect of that one. But Johnny wakes up and instantly is told, I'm free of cancer, kid. I got the x-rays done this morning. And it's like, when? You know, Even the... though his dad never actually told him he had cancer. <laughs> when he says that, like, I wasn't, I was not going to tell you. Like, he goes through that at least about it. But it's the same thing. Like that, that timing is just like, it, I don't know. But it, it more on the point is like he the had cliche of like on. here's cigarettes and here's a note about cancer. Yeah, in all of ten seconds, it's like, <sighs> all right. Uh, minute forty, Andy. What do you got? Um, I think uh, I, I guess it's sort of linked to the story, but he did the story and the directing, so I'm going to say it now in the directing. The The reading of all the books never was fully explained. Like, was he looking for a way out of his contract with those books and, like, just, like, the, like, religious history and, and whatnot? And also, when he discovers that he does turn into... The Ghost Rider, he looks at Faust, the book. That's the only book they actually show you that he actually looks at, which deals with um, Mephistopheles, obviously. And he tears a page out that you think is going to be important, and he puts it on the thing, and then we never hear about it again. <laughs> Maybe it was in Josh's extended cut. Uh, No. No, that was not the extra minutes. Um, But to be fair, uh, Brian, you were the one that recently brought up the was it the Chekhov's gun Chekhov's gun term and yeah. that that would be a prime example right you have the book he tears a page why why tear the page if it's not gonna come into play right um, exactly I was although, like oh Faust that's a cool story and I like how it like links Mephistopheles or whatever yeah and I I could be wrong I think at least in modern in modern age of like Western civilization the story like the actual story that was written the play like Faust was one of the first or predominant that persisted in actually writing that like bit kind of quote unquote created the deal with the devil's story. Right. Right. You know, so that, that at least was apropos to what they were doing. It was, it was kind of meta. Um, but yeah, I agree. There's a lot of like, well, why did you do that? It had nothing to do with anything else. I have one more note and it's Johnny takes the time to figure out how to control the, the, spirit within him or whatever and he produces fire on his own at his own will right moments after that he tells roxanne oh hey this whole thing that i'm telling you it's gonna sound crazy and i you'll never believe it and whatnot. it's like do the fire yeah do the the human torch like 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you just produce fire with your fucking hand. Just do that. And she'll be like, Oh, what the fuck is it? Like, and there you go. You're solved. Problem. Like you got it. But no, he, he just tells her and leaves it at that. It's like, well, I, I don't know if that's on direction or not, but it pissed me off anyway. Yeah. I get that. I can see that. Uh, that's it. My only two quick director notes were that, um, I, I looked at the timestamp. You don't, at least on my version, it's, it can't be that different on the on the regular one, but uh, you actually don't see the Ghost Rider until 50 minutes into the movie. And honestly, I'm going to say I think that's slightly a ballsy choice. You know, everybody wants to see the flaming skull head. Um, yeah. I, I think they took time and built up some, maybe not great, but at least some character development before that point um, and getting you there. Um, I also, in the end, I wrote down that he makes a comment back to Mephisto saying that uh, I think he's going to, he says, I'm going to be a spirit of vengeance, which ends up being the subtitle of the sequel. And I wrote, that was an Endgame-esque dialogue set up uh, 11 years before Infinity War. See, I always thought, like, is Spirit of Vengeance just a subtitle for Ghost Rider? Like, is that just one of his nicknames? Yeah, it, it was actually, like, I believe it's on the cover of the first, like, of that Marvel spotlight number five. Okay. I believe it's, like, the Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance, you know, Stan leading it up. Yeah. Kind of thing. Okay. Um, All right, so we'll go around the horn. Uh, Do you think this movie holds up being, at this point, what, 14 years old? You got to tell us who to start with. Uh, you're not calling us. Oh, uh, <laughs> Come on. Sorry. Like, yeah. We're going around the horn, yeah, I'm, but I'm, I'm not going to tell you. I'm losing who. my hosting duties here. I'm, I was trying to do math <laughs> in my head to make sure I had 14 right. Um, Andy, what do you think? Do you think this holds up? Um, yes, because I still enjoyed it. I, and I, I knew what I was getting into. Like, I remembered a, a lot of what I didn't remember was the beginning of the movie. I don't remember that much, like, young Johnny Blaze. And young yeah. Roxanne, um, but I, I I think it still holds up. I still came out of the movie like, oh yeah, you know, I mostly enjoyed that. I am more nitpicky now. Like I noticed things that right, sucked, right. but <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ian, does it hold up? So I saw this at a much younger age than the rest of you for the first time because I am much younger than everyone else on this <laughs> panel, and because um, I'm not a, being a little generous with that word much. Uh, much does a lot of work here, and I, I think at the time I wouldn't have judged. Like I would have not, I wouldn't have cared about inconsistencies or any of that. I would have completely ignored them. But honestly, I think with age, this movie has gotten so much fucking better. <laughs> it's a fucking terrific, good, bad film. It's like peak Nick Cage insanity bullshit before he had to take any fucking role that was given to him. Like this is when he could still be kind of choosy, and then Nick Cage the fuck out of it, <laughs> and, and like it took it to another level, and like all of the bad things I've pointed out just made the movie better because of how fucking terrible they were. Like I said, I'm expecting like nine, nine point five out of you for this. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Josh, what do you think? Does it hold up? Uh, on on the basic like a black and white, you know, one side or the other, yes or no. I would say yes. It it has. I wouldn't say it's gotten any worse from what it was before. Um, you know, someone unused, and we have use this phrase, I think, as we've gone through this this series a couple times, it's a product of its time. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it, it could have aged much, much worse, potentially. Um, but I, I think it I think it does okay. 
All right, Mike, what do you think? Uh, I would say no. I remember enjoying this movie a lot more than I did this time. Yeah. So, I, for me, it's a no. I, I think I'm going to side more with Mike. And it's just coming off of my personal enjoyment of it. Like, I remember, and again, maybe just looking back at the time, like, this was part of that era where we were getting superhero movies all the time. But this was the only type of superhero movie we were getting. So there was no bar to really compare to. When this came out, this was fucking cool to me. I was like, yes, some comic book character that I don't know too much about is now on screen and I can see them in live action. And they look cool. What what year and did then, Iron Man come out? The, 2008, and the year after eight. this. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, and then, you know, that kick, kick-started everything else and now we have something to compare to 14 years later that, you know, we, I, in my opinion, have very, very good comic book movies that have since come after that. Probably even some that have come before this one. And compared to those, I don't think it really holds up to me for those. So yeah, I, I coming watching it this time recently, I think I enjoyed it less. So that's sort of where I'm I'm siding with Mike, I think, on this one. Um, so rating time. So I'm gonna revisit the Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic. So Rotten Tomatoes again, critic has twenty six percent, audience at forty eight percent. Uh Metacritic has a meta score thirty five, user score three point nine. Uh, so going around the horn again, Andy, out of 10. Oh, Jesus, me you, first? All right. Yeah. Where do you fall? Do you agree, disagree <laughs> with the uh, other ratings? Uh, I, I still enjoyed the movie. I, I still thought that Nick Cage had a really good performance in the music. Um, I I would go out and buy the Blu-ray set that Josh found. So <laughs> um, if, if you could get I, it at the price point that I did. What would you get it for? <laughs> Like six or seven bucks at half price books. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I love half price books. Um, I'm yeah. gonna give it a six. Okay. Uh, Mike, where do you give it out of ten? So we'll work some gorilla math in here. Um, G O where O R or G U E R I. Whichever pleases you more. Okay. <laughs> um. I, I was gonna say, you know, what like I thought about it and I was like, you know, I'm gonna add one because of Evan Mendes to this. I'm gonna add a, a <laughs> point. And then Josh had the good idea of detracting half a point for them with that stupid shit. Uh so that brings my score to a three. Ooh. Okay. So uh, Josh, so, where do you fall out of ten? So it was at a two point five. It yes. got a three for Eva, and then th- we got three point five. Right, and then half, and then wow, half off for her having to ask if she's right. pretty. Just get the fuck out of here. Um, I, I, I actually think I'm, I'm in line with Andy. Um, I, I was thinking I was gonna maybe give this a six point five, but then my, my half point demerit for for their <laughs> Eva shenanigans, and um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave it as, a, as a six. All right, uh, Ian, where do you fall? As I always say on these, uh, the critics are fucking terrible, and they are completely <laughs> out of line with modern audiences, including the audience critics. They also do not fall in line with modern audiences. <laughs> I've always said this every review section, that these are a bunch of hacks writing reviews on the internet. And this is 
one of the best films we've done on this show. It is a hilariously great, good, bad film. It's one of the all-timers. It's up there. I don't think you can give a Nick Cage film below a six. I, I don't know how you do that and call yourself a human being because you don't have any soul. You don't have any heart in there. If you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, this is less than a six. This was an all-time performance by one of the greatest thespians that I've ever gotten the privilege to see, let alone experience. I give this film an 8.3. <laughs> Didn't go as high as 9. I'm a little bit shocked. A little bit shocked. <sighs> I, uh, I feel like I was just... Had a lot of really awful things said about me just there, but I'm going <laughs> to let it go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think for me, again, like trying to think back of when I saw this movie the first time, which was in theaters when it came out, mm -hmm. I probably would have given it like a 7 or 8 at the time. Watching it now, I'm definitely not going to go that high. I'm leaning more towards middle of the road because I think it's fine. Um, honestly, if I watch it again, it would probably be the majority just to see Eva Mendez again in the movie. I'm fine with that. You know, they make like movies for that. Probably. <laughs> you can see <laughs> yeah. like attractive women do. They actually like get stuff to do with them. They're, they aren't just like there to stand around and be like. No, not monster. But you also get a little bit of like the comic book stuff in there. Like you get the Marvel characters, you get some sort of kind of cool Ghost Rider stuff. So it kind of works. But well, let me tell you about this Avengers parody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's middle of the road. It's kind of fine for me. So I'm I'm going just a five. I'm gonna give it a five. Um, so that's where we're at with the ratings. Uh, that concludes our discussion for Ghost Rider. So now is the time when we get to go to the Wheel of Fate. The Wheel of Fate! To pick our next movie. Uh, as mentioned earlier, the Wheel has three franchises and three standalone movies on at a time. The idea behind this is always to try to get some sort of variety going. Um, I think this is like episode 15 of the Rewind Theater, somewhere mid-teens. That's correct. Okay. Um, so I, I still feel like we're going to feel for how this wheel works and whether we're hitting the stuff we feel like we need to. So if we need to... You know, retool, try something else somewhere down the line, different different types of movies on at a time. We'll, we'll play around with it later. But for right now, that's where we're at. Uh, Ghost Riders is one of the franchises that we had on the wheel. We only watched the first movie. Spirit of Vengeance would be the next one. So since there is still another Ghost Rider movie up, it is still on the wheel. Uh, the two other franchises that are still in play are Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Ghost in the Shell. Uh, our three standalone movies on the board are Supergirl, Speed Racer, and the 1990 Captain America. Yes. Please. <laughs> I don't know if I'm hoping for something actually good or if I just need, like, Captain America as, a like, a palate cleanser. I mean, it's about 50-50 actually good versus gonna be garbage on that wheel. <laughs> hey, Brian. It's... No, I'm not going to make it bigger. Damn it. <laughs> That's what she said. Did we already do Josh's wheel? Or we didn't have to, no, because Ghost Rider's still on the board, so we didn't have to do the other wheel. Gotcha. Yeah, we didn't other need a replacement. Are we sure it's still on the board, though? <laughs> <laughs> After what you just rated this one, I feel like you'd be excited to watch the sequel. I feel like it won't have enough Nick Cage. <laughs> Too much Idris Elba, right? I haven't seen it, so I couldn't tell you. <laughs> All right, here we go. Spinning the wheel. If this doesn't give me what I want, I'm quitting. <laughs> I, mean, I thought we already established. Ghost of the Shell is going to be on the there for years. <laughs> it's just never going to happen. 
I mean, it, get, it could it happen on right here now, to though. begin with. That's the first step. I could mess with some percentages so it never gets picked, and Ian's on the podcast forever. Fuck! Oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. Uh, that, all right, I'll definitely be there for that. Oh, Jesus. That uh, so, yeah, okay, 1990 Captain America is next. Oh, God. This is the one we found on YouTube, right? So yep. anyone can watch yeah. this for free. It is on YouTube. Now uh, we just need the uh, whatever year, the Hasselhoff Nick Fury. And... I, I, want, I would much rather prefer that one than this one. <laughs> yeah, it's got the Hoff. So, so you guys have all seen this before? I have. I, I have not. No. No. Is this going to be the only one none of us have ever seen? Josh, no, I, I know for a fact has seen this. Yeah. Okay. Wait, did someone see Swamp Thing? No. I don't think okay. so. Uh, I don't think so. So, all right. So, there's at least been one that none of us have seen. That was a good movie. <laughs> you keep saying I that. Then you're the one that hasn't seen the one. sequel. I wasn't on the show, so, you know. No. You're missing the one with Heather no Locklear in it, man. It. You got to get there and. He's, yeah, he's, it's not on the show. He's not missing anything. <laughs> it was way better. Plus, the average for that one's 369, and I really like that. <laughs> well, you don't have to add your scoring. No, I just, I'm just i just pointing that out there because it's the funny number. <laughs> nice. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, so that's where we're ending this one. Uh, if you're tuning into the Rewind Theaters, keep an eye out for 1990s Captain America. <laughs> um, if you've enjoyed we'll the show, that. please support us. Leave a five-star rating and review. Share us on social media. You can give us a follow. Subscribe to the show. Uh, we're on Spotify, iTunes, Google, Anchor, Stitcher, hopefully anywhere you're finding podcasts, you can find us. Uh, as always, you can find us on Facebook, search Bryguy and his super friends, or go to facebook.com slash Superfriends. You can send us questions, comments, topics, suggestions, any of that stuff in, you know, on the page. Uh, try to send us an email, Superfriends at gmail.com. You can send to your heart's content. I probably won't see them. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at BGSuperfriends. Feel free to give me a follow on Twitch. That's at Jedi Bryguy, with Jedi with an I, Bry with a Y. Uh, for whenever so we hot. decide to go live, uh, if I do some streaming of some games and stuff, we'll do it there. And that's where we're going to end this one. On behalf of Andy, Ian, Josh, Mike, and myself, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Beep.